Good morning, good morning, Rabotai, breakfast. And the class today is dedicated in loving memory of Marcy's mother, Arlene Pollack. Le'ilui Nishmar Shalom, sponsored by Marcy and Stephen Feldman. We have a double barrel parasha this week, so not only do we get the, uh, the Kiddushah and the, the holiness of Acharebot, we also learn uh, all about Kiddushim. Now in Acharebot, the parasha discusses all different elements of the heights of holiness. We start by talking about um, Nadav and Avihu. We move and segue from that. We talk about the Korbanot of Yom Kippur, of the Kodesh Kodashim. We discuss as well the heights of holiness in a Jewish home, which uh, are found in the bedroom as well, uh, the appropriate relationships, etc., etc. So we discuss all types of Kiddushah in terms of uh, what, key, what a person must stay out of. And I think that this is really interesting because there's two parts to the equation of Kiddushah. To be holy, a person needs to stay away from certain behaviors and certain things. Being holy, being separate means not getting sucked in to those things. And on the other hand, we then read Parashat Kiddushim by Daber Hashem Moshe Lemor, Daber El Kol Adat B'nei Israel. Speak to the community of the Jewish people, and you shall say to them, Kedoshim tihiyu, you shall be holy, ki kadosh ani Hashem elokechem. Because I, Hashem, I, Hashem, your God, am holy. Our rabbis tell us, Daber el kol adat b'nei Israel means that this mitzvah, as uh, the, the Midrash uh, says in Torah Kohanim, was said with all of the Jewish people together. They gathered everyone together and they taught them the Kiddushah. And the reason that's brought is because most of the laws of Torah, if you go through Parashat Kiddushim, you'll find more mitzvot in that parasha, in this parasha, than you'll find in any other parasha. It's literally... Pasuk after pasuk after pasuk is each one is another mitzvah. And I wish we had enough time to go through all the mitzvot in Kiddushim, but we don't. So what will suffice um, to learn about is the introduction to it and a couple of the mitzvot in the remaining days of the week. So the question is, what does this mean, Behakel? We said this parasha was said in Behakel, because rov gufe mitzvot iluyot ba. I think that maybe Rashi quoting Torah Kohanim is saying something a little bit deeper than uh, what you might notice at first glance. At first glance, it seems like it's saying, we got everyone together. You know why? We got a lot of rules. I remember we used to run these trips uh, to take kids uh, and bring them to places of, of heritage, to bring them closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to Judaism. And whenever we would start the trip, we get everyone together and we would uh, have something called orientation. We would sit there and tell everyone, okay guys, these are the rules. You can't be out after this time. You can't be running around in each other's rooms after curfew. You know, we need you to, what's it called, make sure that you're on the bus on time. You don't go to the classes in the morning. You don't go to the activity in the afternoon. We gave them all the rules of the trip. Now, obviously, it makes sense to gather everyone together because you're giving all the rules. You don't want to have to do that 50 times. You get everyone together. But that, my friends, is just some sort of random, uh, you know, utilitarian hack. You know, you don't want to get it, you don't want to be busy with teaching it to everybody, so therefore you do it this way. The question is, all of Torah was communicated through the system of Misorah. So uh, Moshe taught it to uh, 
Aaron and Yoshua, Yoshua the Zkenim, Zkenim, and Shekinesh Dagdola. There was a way, a method by which they disseminated Torah. In fact, they even had an entire system of judges that would be teaching. Each one was responsible, one for 10, one for 50, one for 100, one for 1,000, in ensuring that the laws were given over. How come when it came to this parasha, they didn't rely on the system of Torah dissemination that they had implemented? Good question. One answer is utilitarian. Look, didn't make sense. A lot of mitzvot, you know what, let's get our best teacher on the job. Let's put Moshe Rabbeinu on the, But I don't buy that. Because if Moshe Rabbeinu should teach this, then Moshe Rabbeinu should teach everything. If Moshe Rabbeinu was not teaching everything, Moshe Rabbeinu should not teach this. Yes, it's a lot of halachot, but that also means that the people are going to have a lot of questions. They're going to get a lot of things unclear. So the same way, it's a reason. And it's a logic of saying it with hakel. It's also a logic against saying it with hakel. And I think that maybe there's a little bit of a different angle to understanding what's being taught over here. I want to draw your attention to uh, the words of Hillel Hazaken to a certain ger, to a certain convert. There's a convert that comes to Shammai and he says, teach me all the Torah in order that you teach to me on one foot. Shammai pushes him away. What does Hillel say? Hillel says, What you hate, don't do to your friend. Effectively telling him the law of then he tells him everything else, you know, you can figure it out later. Don't worry about that. But this is the main body of Torah. Same thing with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, It's a great general rule in Torah. Everything is kind of dependent on that. My friends, I think that's what the Torah Kwani means to teach us over here. He's telling you, It doesn't mean that there's a lot of mitzvot in the parasha. That's not what it means. What it's trying to teach you is that this container called parashat kedoshim carries with it most of the gufe Torah. And what is that? It's the exhortation of the Torah, the commandment of the Torah, not to do individual mitzvot, but to be a type of person. Kedoshim tihiyu is the mitzvah. Ki kadosh ani, God says, because I am holy. Moshe is now going to tell you a plethora, a myriad of laws, amount of laws, communicating each individual mitzvah throughout the parasha. But maybe what Torah Kohanim means is they needed someone to communicate to them the top line. What's the top line? Kedoshim tihiyu. Now Ramban and others ask a question. They want to know, what mitzvah was being introduced with this mitzvah, Kedoshim Tiyu? You already told me you can't work on Shabbat. You already told me you can't do adultery. You already told me you can't worship idols. So now you're telling me, be holy. What does be holy come to communicate? Because if it means the other mitzvot, don't tell me those. And if it doesn't mean the other mitzvot, what is it telling you? And Ramban brings for his point, from his point of view, one answer. And he says... Kedoshim Tiyu means it's asking you to operate lifnim mishurat adin. Because I can't communicate to you all the laws of Torah that will ever come up in an ever-changing world. So therefore, I'm encouraging you to recognize and understand that there's spaces in between the mitzvot that maybe you haven't been instructed specifically about. On those things, Kedoshim Tiyu. Okay? Now, I wonder, perhaps if there's another way of understanding this concept, Kiddushim Tihiyu, not just as a mitzvah, ma'asit, 
but as a mental mitzvah. A mitzvah asking a person <coughs> to operate from a place of holiness. Now you want to know which mitzvah does Kedoshim affect? It affects all of them. And it adds to all of them. And let me explain what I mean when I say this. If a person does a mitzvah, there's many places, vantage points, a person can come to when he's doing that mitzvah. And tell me if you agree with me on this. Let's say as an example, a person realizes that the pasuk says that if you eat chametz on Pesach, the onish is karet. Super uh, strict punishment. A person's going to die young because they ate chametz on Pesach. Wow. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that, right? The reason why I'm abstaining from that mitzvah comes from a place of raw fear of punishment. So what is the mitzvah for me? The mitzvah is, I believe in God, I'm scared he's going to strike me down, I'm not going to do this sin. That means that not just the flavor of the mitzvah, but the essence of what I've done is an expression of my fear of God as a lawgiver, as a punisher, as an executioner. Conversely, if a person understands that they love HaKadosh Baruch Hu and they love God tremendously, a person can teach his children and speak to them about Judaism because he loves God so much. He wants his children to love God. I was speaking to my son the other day and I was telling him, you know, it's so important for me that you love to come to shul, that you love to pray. It's so important for me. And if, you're, if you don't want to come to shul, what could I do? What would make you love to come to shul? Would you, do, should we get better sweets in the synagogue? Is there a, a, a reward I could buy you that would make you see how much it means to me that you should love to pray? What am I doing? It's true, I'm asking my son to come to shul. That's true. But that's not all I'm doing. I'm desperately trying to plant seeds of Ahavat Hashem, of Ahavat HaTefilah, of Ahavat Bet HaKneset in my son. It's not about the candy. The candy is a method too. The, uh, the reward is a method too. But what am I planting? I'm planting Ahavato Yitbarach. The Pasuk is saying over here, Kedoshim Tiyu, Ki Kadosh Ani. And it follows up with a litany of mitzvot. And it says to Moshe Rabbeinu, get them all together. Let everybody hear this. You know why? Rov gufei Torah tiluyimba. Most of Torah is going to be dependent on this. I want to share with you a beautiful idea that I once read from Rav Pincus. Rav Pincus says, you know, a lot of times we're trying to communicate to people why they should do or shouldn't do things. As educators, as parents, as friends, you know what? Don't do the guy like that in business. Don't do that. You know, it's not right. You can't, you can't do that. I, don't, don't say that about the guy. Come on. Don't say it. Right? Don't, you can't, come on. You know, you're better than this. Don't, don't make this mistake. Don't go to this place. And we always need to explain to the person why we feel that this person should not do that thing. And Rav Pinka says, you can have many nuanced discussions, but there's one thing actually that communicates something to somebody that doesn't take a lot of words. And that is when you can show somebody that what he's about to do 
is beneath him. That this is not something that someone of your caliber does. This is, you, t- you know how we say it? Just hear these words now in the ways we have comes. Come on, you're better than this. Or you see someone attacking someone publicly, ripping them to shreds, and you see that, come on, this is so not like you. Those words are bringing to the forefront of the person you are speaking to. You're bringing to the forefront of their recognition, of their cognition, that what's going on over here, this is not who they are. They are better than this. You understand that point? And suddenly, the conversations don't need to, you don't need to go, don't say it, you should say it, it's not right, this, that, because you know what? You're not the type of guy that humiliates someone in public. So all you really need to say is, this is beneath you, or this is so unlike you, or I was so surprised to see you do that. I've never seen you behave that way. What are you saying to the person? Not you're a low life. Not you're a person who's a, who's a terrible guy. What you're saying to the person is, you're an amazing person. Someone who's as great, as kind, as compassionate, as empathic as you, you just don't do these things. You don't say these things. You don't spread these rumors. It's just not you. Says the Pasuk, Kedoshim you be holy. Kikadosh ani, because I'm holy and I have chosen you to be my people. My name is on your name. Rabotai, we're in a synagogue here. The synagogue bears the name of one of the great philanthropists, the greatest Baalei Chesed maybe of our century. Okay? Edmund J. Safra. Him and his wife, Shibadel Chaim Tuvi Marukim, the amount of charity that they uh, give out, that they sponsor through the foundation, it's not impressive, it's staggering. Okay? And across every possible industry, across every possible pot, medicine and literacy and poverty and religion. It's unbelievable. When I was looking at it, I could not actually believe how much they're achieving across the spectrum of the world in terms of chesed, in terms of kiddush Hashem. Can I ask you a question? Let's say synagogue bears the name of Edmund Safra and something happens in the synagogue which is uh, an embarrassment to the community. It also embarrasses the name of that person. So you know what? There were times in the synagogue where someone was here, you know, they didn't come for this knis, they didn't come to pray, they came at the end of prayers, they made a big play at the Kiddush. And people are murmuring, the guy didn't even come to pray, the guy just came to eat, what kind of thing is this? Throw him out, right? And I just remember saying, are you joking? What name is on the wall of our synagogue? This is Edmund J. Safra Synagogue. This is a man of tremendous kindness. This is a man who gave away uh, uh, a, uh, a fur coat to a poor, freezing, homeless guy. He gave away a fur coat, must cost thousands of dollars. He just saw he was cold. He didn't ask him for it back. He didn't lend it to him. Could you imagine in a synagogue called Edmund J. Safra throwing a guy out who's hungry because he didn't also come to services? That's crazy. And you know what? You don't have to get involved in the conversation because you just say, no, that's not what this place stands for. Does that make sense? Says the says the Torah Kohanim, bring everyone together and communicate this to them. You know why? Rov gufet Torah tiluyimbo. There's a lot of mitzvot in the parasha, but that's not what it's saying. It's not saying gather them because there's a lot of mitzvot to teach. It's saying that if you communicate this idea to them correctly, 
all of those mitzvot will fall like dominoes. They'll understand that you can't treat an almana, take her nightgown and her blanket and her pillow because she didn't pay you money back. You can't do that. Even though you deserve to do that. It's your collateral. You can't do that. Kiddoshim Tiyu teaches you the laws of taking care of the poor. It teaches you the laws of taking revenge. It teaches you laws of the after kamocha. You know why? Ki kadosh ani, God says. Because I'm holy and you're my people. And my name is on your wall. Yisrael. Our name has God's name inside of it. We are representatives of HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. So when we do mitzvot, we can do mitzvot from a place of kiddushah, of elevation, of separateness in terms of feeling that there are things that a Jew just doesn't do. A Jew cannot do. A Jew cannot be seen in public to be making a scene which is mechalel shem shamayim. We can't do that. We can't do certain things. My friends, and therefore, the only person who could communicate that to the masses was Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Because the holier God was, the holier we have to be. Right? So if as, as an example, it says the name of a petty thief on the wall of the synagogue, okay? So then what does the synagogue stand for? Thievery. If that's the name, you put the name of a thief on the front wall of your synagogue, okay? Then what does the synagogue stand for? Now how about if the guy is, uh, I don't know, a nice guy, not so generous, you know? Then it's, that's the, but what if the person is the most generous? When we talk about us having God's name, we being God's chosen people, sometimes we forget the greatness of God and therefore the greatness that that mandates from those that bear His flag, that carry His name. So the only one that could communicate this to all the people was the one who'd seen it with his own eyes on a level that no other teacher could communicate. Now, even if Moshe gave over the laws of the Torah flawlessly to Yoshua, was Yoshua at the top of the mountain? Did Yoshua have the relationship with Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe had with God? No. In fact, no one in that time did, and no one of all time did. So it had to be Moshe that would gather the Jewish people and say, Kidoshim you be holy. Ki kadosh ani Hashem lokechem. Because I, Hashem, your God, I'm holy and I'm yours and you're mine. My friends, sometimes I shudder when I think of that responsibility. Think of what we carry. That's our signs. That's our name. So what does that look like in the street? What does that look like when you're driving? And a lot of times we think people can't tell that I'm Jewish. But somehow, people have an amazing Judar. And if you think that that's not true, try traveling to foreign countries and walk in the shuk and see how many people say, Shalom! You're not wearing a kippah, you're wearing a baseball cap. Or you're wearing whatever you're wearing. And how do they know? I've been called out as a Jew without my yarmulke out, without my tzitzit out, in Turkey, in, uh, in what's it called, in, uh, in other random places, in Morocco. How do they know? People know. 
Especially how much more so uh, if there's a kippah. How much more so if you're walking out of the synagogue. You know, one of the things that always frightens me is when we have to close the street in front of the synagogue to hold services here. Because on the one hand, it's a big kiddush Hashem that we're outside and we're praying. On the other hand, I'm also terrified because we're on display and every single person there, it's known that that person's Jewish. And not only that, it, it means that if one person, one, acts badly, who's the story going to be about the next day in the newspaper? Which video is going to go viral? The one of the Jewish kid or of the guy saying, get lost, this is our street. Or someone saying something horrible uh, to a neighbor. My friends, it's so important to recognize this concept, this ki kadosh ani. God says, be holy because I'm holy and I'm your God. When a person does mitzvot from that place, any mitzvah that they do can actually be called a kiddush Hashem. Think about that. Think of the power of that. Is there a greater mitzvah in the world than kiddush Hashem? Any mitzvah that you do, when you think about that, when that's where you come from, is for the sake of kiddush Hashem. I don't know if I've told this to you, but I had one of the funniest moments of my life was when I went with my wife to Arizona. We went to Arizona and we drove around. It was a beautiful trip in the summer. And as Jews do, we packed tons and tons and tons of food. Okay? And um, much more than you could ever eat. Sandwiches and meat and uh, chicken and uh, God knows what and, and, uh, and ice cream and chocolate and everything is packed. And I had in my trunk of, my, of the car, I had a big ice chest with everything stuffed in so it would stay fresh. I mean, it was crazy. We had so, so, so much food. Finally, end of the trip. We ended the trip in the Grand Canyon and we we're going from there back to Phoenix Airport to fly home. All this food in the trunk, I'm not bringing it home with me. What am I gonna do with it? All of a sudden, a big yellow school bus pulls into the parking lot, parking spot right next to me. And on the wall, on the side of the bus, it says, the singing children of Yeshu, of <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and they're all stepping off the bus with Bibles and they're singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. They're stepping off the bus singing gospel music over the bus. And I, I said, oh wow, opportunity for Kedush Hashem. Instead of throwing it away, right? I open up the trunk and as they're stepping off, I'm handing them sandwiches. And then I realized like, oh, you idiot, Shlomo. Take off your stupid baseball cap. I took off the cap, and as I'm giving, I'm fluffing my kippah, like, you know, <laughs> making sure, hey, as a sandwich, and my Baruch Hashem here, have some kosher food, right? And I'm handing out all the food uh, so it shouldn't go, so it shouldn't go to the, into the garbage, okay? My friends, um, sometimes uh, a kiddush Hashem costs you nothing. How much more did I spend on the mitzvot that I, uh, that I got that morning? God bless you, I heard. God bless the Jewish people. God bless the Jewish people. Where, where, how much did that cost me? Nothing. I was throwing it out, but I was looking. My eyes were open, looking for an opportunity to say, Kiddoshim Kikadosh Ani. And if people look at you and they judge me, that's a problem. That's on you. My friends, we always talk about how we are so special and we were chosen. But what were we chosen for? We were chosen for this, to be God's emissaries on earth, 
to teach his law, to communicate to people about his kindness, about his power, and about his morality and ethics, and what he wants from humanity in this world. Each and every one of us has a role to play in that, uh, in that game. May Hashem uh, bless us to uh, each one of us fulfill our peace. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.